0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the We Are podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Penn State kicks off the season with a thirty-one to fifteen victory over West Virginia. Wait, that wasn't the score, right? Not wait, it wasn't thirty-one. No, wait. Penn State scored with six set. Oh, I forgot. I forgot Penn State scored with six seconds to go. Uh. And nobody nobody reminded me about it all day. Sunday. I'm recording this Sunday night. We're a day late with this. I just I just forgot that they scored. <laughs> Actually, that's literally been almost the entire post game day after discussion was Penn State scoring a touchdown with six seconds to go, and West Virginia coach Neil Brown uh, making a comment about it. Neil Brown said, quote, "I wouldn't have done it." But it doesn't bother me. Stuff like that comes back around. So, hey, look, we're going to talk a lot about the game. We certainly will talk about Drew Aller. I'm going to get to Drew in the second segment. But I'm going to address the, uh, the late touchdown, the whole concept of running up the score, whether or not Penn State and James Franklin did that. Um, okay, now listen, I'm 49. I grew up with football being played a certain way. And for most of my life, most coaches would not have scored there. In the NFL or in college football, I'd venture to guess 90-plus percent of coaches would not have scored with six seconds to go when the other team does not have a timeout. However, things change. Times have changed. Football has changed. Situations have changed. Scenarios have changed. I have no problem whatsoever with James Franklin scoring with six seconds to go. Uh, That's the way college football is played nowadays. If Neil Brown and West Virginia don't like it, then play better defense. Okay? Play better defense. Because, listen, one thing I've not really seen brought up a whole lot is Penn State had its backups in when West Virginia scored its touchdown in the fourth quarter to make it 31 to 15. Okay. So uh, Penn state had already gone to, you know, backup defenders and was trying to get a lot of guys. It was 31 to seven. So and look, we're going to talk a little bit later on how this was not a great performance by the defense, but let's keep some perspective that basically the primary defense allowed seven points and, had they played the entire game, Penn State probably would have won having only given up seven points, either 38 to seven or maybe, maybe even more. So the flip side is Penn State had its backup de- defense in there and West Virginia came down and scored. So West Virginia's got its starting defense still in the game and Penn State's got its backup offense in the game and I have no problem with James Franklin allowing Bo Perbula to run a play to score a touchdown with six seconds to go. Again, this is just how things are now. Is this how it was 15 or 20 years ago? No, it just was not. Most coaches would not have scored in that situation in previous eras of college football. But we didn't have the transfer portal in previous eras of college football. We didn't have the NIL. We didn't have... Kids being able to just up and leave at any given point for any reason if they don't feel like they're getting an opportunity. You have to give backup players opportunities. Second teamers, third teamers, let them play. You've got to keep them engaged in your program. You've got to give them little nuggets of things to play for. And if that means Bo Prabula gets to run a play to score a touchdown with six seconds to go, that's the way things are in 2023. So Penn State had his backup defenders on and they allowed a touchdown because they're trying to get those guys experience. And if Neil Brown has an issue that his starting defense can't stop Penn State's backup offense, then the problem was with Neil Brown's coaching and the players they've got at West Virginia. The problem is not James Franklin running up the score. Okay, so again, I... I do I look I do understand because I'm a little older and I'm a little more old school 15 years ago I probably would have said yeah that's running up the score but that's just not how things are nowadays you you have to do certain things to get those backups some experience if something happens to Drew Aller. In the next week or two and Bo Prabula has to play, hey, he's at least played a few snaps. He's played in the red zone. He's called some plays. Those things are important. Did they need to score with six seconds? No, absolutely not. The game, they could have taken a knee. Nobody would have cared except for if you had money on the line because Penn State was favored by 20 and a half points. 31-16 does not cover that spread or 30 31 15 38 15 does cover the spread so you got to figure millions of dollars changed hands here's the thing though this is the season opener drew aller played great i will talk about him in the second segment the defense did not necessarily play up to its standard i wouldn't say the defense played poorly or anything like that i'll talk about that later on as well but this is how our society operates everybody's been bitching and moaning all day Sunday about the running up the score. The West Virginia people didn't like it. The Penn state people, you know, they're calling Neil Brown a clown and saying things like have fun being on the hot seat this year. Cause Neil Brown is definitely on the hot seat and could get fired if they have a rough year. Uh, but that's just not a smart battle for Neil Brown to pick. Now let me close this whole discussion by saying this. James Franklin has lost any and all right to ever say anything ever, 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 ever about another team doing that to Penn State. You see what I'm getting at? If you score a touchdown with six seconds to go by running a play and the other team has no more timeouts, then you don't have any right down the road if Michigan or Ohio State or somebody else scores a meaningless touchdown in the last few seconds against you. And I, hey, I do think James Franklin understands that. I've said for years that if you're going to bet on Penn State, uh, bet the game, you, you kind of want to take Penn State to cover because James Franklin will do everything he can to try to score late. Uh, he's not going to call off the dogs. He's not going to take his foot off the gas. They're, they're going to continue to run plays. They weren't continuing to throw the ball or anything like that. But taking the over, taking Penn State to cover, those are just smart moves if James Franklin's coaching and you know Penn State's going to win the game because he he's going to keep trying to score. That's just the way it is. So, did Penn State run up the score? No. In t- 2003, would that have been considered running up the score? Yeah, probably. Um I was watching a video last week. Uh, oh, long longtime Penn State fans will remember this more than me. But Penn State was playing, I want to say it was Rutgers and... There was a, 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 a touchdown pass. I think this is in the eighties. Uh, I'd never seen this before, but there was a long touchdown pass with like a minute or so to go and Penn State kind of piled on. And, uh, the Rutgers coach was really upset about it after you can see Joe Paterno and I think Fran Ganner on the sideline. They're wondering like, why did he do that? Like, how, how did the play, you know, how, why did they run that play? It seemed like a complete honest mistake. Uh, but Rutgers was really upset about it. And, uh, Joe and the Rutgers coach. We're getting into it uh, a little bit because I think Joe kind of looked like he kind of tried to say he didn't mean to do that. The Rutgers coach wasn't having any of it, and I think Joe started started yelling at him. So, uh, anyway, things change over time. You do have to give your backups a chance to play, give them a chance to do some things. I, I, I personally don't have any problem problem with it. If the West Virginia people have a problem with it, if Neil Brown has a problem with it, then get some better defensive players. Now we're through with all the nonsense about how the game ended. Penn State scored 38 points, won comfortably, and Drew Aller was terrific, 21 or 29, 325 yards, three touchdowns in his starting debut. And what we saw uh, was everything we had really talked about, read about, had hoped to see in terms of just the physical ability, the arm strength, the release the ability to throw the ball accurately and uh, you know get the ball there get it quickly get it on target all of those things uh from Drew Aller that's what we were looking for that's what I was looking for to see how he handled real throws uh just very very impressive for the young man first play of the game he throws a little quick out uh to to his left it's on target Obviously, the second pass of the game, he throws, he steps up in the pocket, which was just a a beautiful play, a terrific decision. Looked like a very poised and veteran quarterback. It just, it very much reminded me of Trace McSorley in 2016 with Drew stepping up in the pocket, firing a laser to uh, KLS. Who breaks a tackle again? Get, get, get better defense there. The the guy's got to make that tackle for West Virginia. So good job by Lambert Smith breaking and scoring 72 yard touchdown. And that, uh, that's how the Drew Aller era started. The, the excitement of that kind of play. Penn State's offense was a little sluggish after that. Uh, some three and outs didn't, you know, miss some opportunities here and there. But when you think about 325 yards, 21-29, three TDs, very efficient. Uh, he still, off still scored 31 points with Drew Aller uh, at the helm. I don't think West Virginia's defense is very good. I don't think West Virginia's very good at all, period. James Franklin kept praising the quarterback, Garrett Green, after the game. I mean, really heaped on a lot of praise for Garrett Green. Said he's going to cause a lot of problems in the big 12. I'm not so certain about that. I don't think West Virginia has got a terribly sophisticated passing game. And a lot of times to succeed in that league, you you really got to be able to, to throw the ball and do some things. So um, I don't, I don't know that that was a, a real good West Virginia team. Maybe James Franklin is trying to talk them up a little bit uh, as a reason, maybe why his defense didn't play so well. West Virginia does have a good offensive line. They have a good offensive line. I'll talk more about that later on. I'm gonna get back to Drew Aller here and what I saw from him. Really just the poison, the polish is the most important thing. I, I go I go back 13, 14 years and and we went through, you know, the Rob Bolden, Kevin Newsom, Paul Jones kind of era, and we had all these guys that we we had heard good things about highly rated quarterbacks certainly not as highly rated as as drew Aller was coming out of high school but none of those guys really ever panned out I remember Rob Bolden uh, would throw the ball at the feet and he would try a little quick out and he had, he had he'd had bounce it to the guy you know and uh to see drew Aller do that on his very first pass and, and throw it accurate there quick it was a, it was a good play good to, good first. Pass to get him going. You just think, okay, this guy's got all the tools to to do. Now, but nobody nobody questioned that. Everybody knew he had all the tools. The key will be when he gets hit, when he gets blitzed, when he's got to face a lot of pressure, when he faces a, a highly sophisticated defense. With a lot of really good athletes that, and and a coordinator that can challenge him. I don't think West Virginia did that. Delaware is certainly not going to do that. You know, we, we all keep talking about Illinois in week three is going to be a challenge. And I do still think that's going to be a challenge. Illinois barely beat Toledo, needed a last second field goal Saturday to do that. But I do still think Illinois is going to present some, some things to Drew Aller that are going to be challenging in in week three. And we'll get a, a good feel for. Penn State's offense and defense after that game. But I'll tell you, the young man's uh, football IQ, you knew about all the physical skills. I don't like the way we do this in, in, in sports. We just automatically start hyping up guys, you know, Heisman talk, top five draft pick, all this and that and the other. Look, there's a long, 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 long way to go. All right. Let's see the kid play. Let's enjoy him this year and next year. He can't, can't leave college till after next season. So let's enjoy him. Let's enjoy seeing what they can do with him and what Mike Yersic can do with him. But the bottom line is you, you get the feeling. All right. Penn State's got a good running game. And Nick, Nicholas England had about 70 last night. Uh, uh Katron Allen had about 50, did pretty well. Yards per carry were good, but you get the feeling that if they need to turn Drew Aller loose and throw for four, 425, 450, that he could. And, you know, now here is a concern that I, I, we're, we're not talking about yet. We're going to have to see that offensive line. While they did run block pretty well, the, it was, it was shakier than we expected. Now, should that have been, should we have predicted that a little bit more after the Landon Tingwall news of his very unfortunate medical retirement? And my heart goes out to Landon Tingwall. That dude was going to be a sensational college player. He was already a very good college player. Landon Tingwall was going to be a sensational college player. And then he was probably going to go play in the NFL for eight or 10 years. So your, your heart really breaks for him. And hopefully everything will be okay uh, with him and, and best of luck to him in his future. But you take him out of the equation and with all due respect to J.B. Nelson, the replacement left guard, he's not Landon Tingwall. Okay. The, the whole next man up mentality in football is there for a reason because football is a vicious sport. And players get hurt all the time. But you know what happens when you go to a backup? You typically have a player who's not as good as the starter. All right, And so uh, sometimes you have a big drop off. Sometimes you don't. But Landon Tainwall had a chance to be outstanding. Maybe J.B. Nelson can be good. But that's a a blow to the offensive line. We've talked all offseason. The offensive line should be a real big strength for Penn State this year. Well, when you lose a guy that you think is going to play 10 years in the NFL down the road... That's a big loss. And um, in terms of what we saw from the line against West Virginia, I, I, I thought they allowed a little bit too much pressure at times. And you gotta and look, West Virginia's de- defense not any good at all. So when they play in Illinois, when they play in Iowa, certainly when they play, an Ohio State and Michigan, that line is going to have to be better. We don't we don't want to, have, you know, be talking in a few weeks oh, boy, this line is now a question mark again. After finally, for years and years, we've said that, but finally this offseason, we got to talk about how the line could be a major strength. And maybe it still can. But goodness, if anything else happens to anybody else, certainly with Olu, because he's terrific, but if, if any other starter comes out, has to come out. We can talk about depth all we want, but like I said, when you've got to go to a backup, a backup is a backup for a reason. It means he's not quite as good as the starter. So may, maybe we should soften the expectations a little bit, lower the expectations a little bit for the old line for these next few weeks as they try to figure out everything that you're, they're trying to get done. Um, but if they can, if they can keep Drew Aller upright and Drew has already shown the ability Not only did he have the the 72-yard pass to KLS where he stepped up in the pocket, he had a couple of really nice plays where he rolled to his right, kept his eyes up, threw back. They'll teach you maybe you're not supposed to throw back across your body. I don't really think he did that, but the trailing receiver coming back across the field and Drew hit him 8, 10 yards down the field for some nice plays. Those are really impressive, high IQ, high-performance plays for a sophomore making his first start. And you just get the feeling that defenses are going to try to shut down the running game. They're going to come out. West Virginia is playing a lot of cover zero. These defenses are going to come out and they're going to try to shut down the running game and force Drew Aller to beat them. But man, oh man, uh, if if he's not ready to do it right now, it won't be too much longer before he is ready to say, hey, uh, just put it all on me. If we need 400, I can get you 400. I mean, the kid, that was about as good of a debut, starting debut, as you could have hoped for from him. and final segment. Let's talk about expectations here. We're going to get into the defense and how the defense didn't play great, certainly didn't play poorly by any stretch. I'll go back to what I mentioned earlier. If you keep the starting defense in there, they would have only allowed seven points. I don't think West Virginia scores a touchdown uh, late in that game like they did against some backup defenders. So if you if you keep things in context and, and keep perspective You know, points on the board is what matters. Now, the issue with the defense that was troubling against West Virginia was that the defensive line got pushed around way more than we expected and way more than than Penn State wants to see. West Virginia has a good offensive line. West Virginia has a good offensive line. Let me repeat it again. West Virginia has a good offensive line. The other team is playing to try to win as well, and the other team has scholarship players who can do some things. So let's give West Virginia credit. The strength of their team is their offensive line, and they ran the ball pretty well. But West Virginia ain't Michigan. all right. I I kept saying going into the game, it was a nice little test for what Penn State will face against Michigan down the road because Michigan will have an outstanding offensive line. And we saw it last year. They just bullied and bulldozed over Penn State for 400 yards rushing. The concern is uh, if West Virginia is going to push you around. And again, they've got a good old line, but you know, uh, I don't think they had a great passing game. So Penn State's scheme could have been to sell out to stop the run. And Chop Robinson said they didn't play up to their standard. You know, they're they're. It's a win. The points allowed number is what we need to focus on. But the good thing about it is it's not like they came out and, and got a shut out and they are all just feeling phenomenal about themselves and 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 thinking they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. A lot of times when you win and win comfortably, they won comfortably. There was never any any doubt about that, the outcome of that game. When you win comfortably, but you make mistakes. Those are the best kinds of games for coaches and players because you can, you can read all the hype about how you have one of the top two or three defenses in the country and, and hear James Franklin talk about you. You know, the defensive line should be good. You can hear that all you want all off season. Then you come out and you get pushed around a little bit by West Virginia, which was picked to finish last in the Big 12. Hey, that's, that's a little humbling. Yeah, you did only give up seven points, the starting unit, but it's still humbling to know that, uh, maybe you're not quite as good as everybody seems to think that you are. You know, the, uh, all off season, we've been talking about Chop Robinson this and Chop Robinson that and All American and best, highest rated defensive end coming back and first round pick and all these things. Well, he's got to go out and prove it too. All right. He's got to go out and prove it on the field now. The tackling was not great for the defense as a whole. West Virginia had some opportunities to make some plays that again their passing game, wasn't great. The one touchdown they did score earlier in the game, they, they, there was a little bit of a miscommunication and kind of a busted play for Penn state secondary. And they had the guy wide open that got them down inside the 15. Uh, and those plays, those kinds of plays are going to happen from time to time. But again, the bottom line is for that defense, they were brought down to earth a little bit. And, it was a very comfortable win. They still had complete control of the game, but that's the kind of that's the kind of performance that James Franklin, Manny Diaz, those defensive coaches can all go back to the drawing board and say, "Hey, look, this guy beat you. I know you might might have been used to hearing how great you were for the last 6 months. This guy beat you on this play. You got to get better cuz what they showed against West Virginia's running game, that's not going to work against Michigan. It's just not. I've said this repeatedly. I've written about it. Maybe folks are going to get tired of hearing me say this. I think over the next couple of months, everything comes down to Ohio State and Michigan. We're not judging this team against West Virginia. Okay, we're not judging this team against Delaware. We're going to judge this team about against Ohio State and Michigan. If the goal is to get to the playoff, you got to beat Ohio State or Michigan. Okay, you're not going to beat Michigan playing defense like that, especially uh, on on the line of scrimmage. So that was a concern clearly. The kicking game, major problem. We knew all along, if if you looked at it, Sanders Sehadak won the place kicking job inexperienced. He was one of two last year with a long of 20. Alex Falcons, uh, transfer from Columbia, has kicked a lot in college. But he was only 36 of 54 at Columbia. That's not great. That's two-thirds. Okay, so he, he... uh, but Seheidek comes in, misses from 38, misses from 34, gets benched. Alex Falcons comes in, hits a 25-yarder late. You got to think Falcons will be the guy, at least for the time being. James Franklin said it was a close competition. I'm sure it'll continue to be a competition. They got to get that figured out because, look, Illinois is is a losable game. I certainly think Penn State will win. I'll probably pick them by about – seven to 10 points here in a couple of weeks. But it is a losable game if you don't do well and you can, you cough the ball up and you make, you know, special teams, mistakes, that kind of thing. But they've got to get that kicking game figured out. So we'll look to see Alex Falcons Saturday against Delaware. Unfortunately, Penn state should just destroy Delaware so badly that there may not be an opportunity for Falcons to get out there and kick many field goals. I certainly don't think he's going to be needed uh, for 40 plus yard field goals, you know, it, Penn State's offense should be able to, you know, uh, uh, just power through Delaware. And if they get stopped at somewhere around the 8, 10, 12 yard line, that's a short field goal anyway. But that's a problem that's going to have to be corrected. Um, so again, kind of wrapping up everything. Drew Aller, fantastic running game. Probably could have been better if they would have committed to it maybe a little bit more, but that's okay. You want to get Drew Aller a lot of confidence. That defense is going to have to do better. Certainly the, the kicking game is going to have to do better, but a comfortable win, 38 to 15. If you had money on the, on Penn State to cover 20 and a half, you love James Franklin for running up the score, right? Actually, he didn't run up the score as I mentioned earlier, but you got to love James Franklin for that. If you had West Virginia, you're probably ticked. You're probably hoping that Penn State would have would have taken a knee there. So, all right, a memorable first game. Certainly memorable for Drew Aller. We'll we'll always kind of look back and say, hey, remember that 72-yard touchdown on his second pass as a starter? That was pretty cool. Sky's the limit for that dude. Sky is the limit. And, uh, man, if he stays healthy, he is going to enjoy some kind of college career at Penn State. Folks, appreciate you tuning in. Happy Labor Day. We will talk to you after the Delaware game next week.